0: It's just great. I couldn't imagine doing anything else. It doesn't feel like I go to work every day.
1: The biggest joy for us is to serve people what we enjoy doing. Hard to get tired of going,
2: all right, hey, that sounds freaking great. That's exactly how I'd want it to sound too.
3: I had somebody call me a fairy godmother once. They said, oh my gosh, you're my fairy godmother. The great thing about this job is you're
1: always bringing
3: happiness.
4: This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. How long have you been with
1: Uber? Four
2: years. Are you
0: full
5: time?
3: Yeah.
0: Do
5: you like it?
3: It's cool,
0: yeah. This is Al. He's been driving for Uber, Lyft, and Juno for the past four years, but he's been driving professionally for much longer. So what's it really like to drive full-time in one of the most crowded cities in the United States? I spent the day with Al to find out. Al picked me up around 10 a.m. on a Wednesday, but his day started hours before. All right, let's get started. He typically works six days a week, Monday through Saturday. He has the flexibility to set his own hours, and that's one of the best parts of the job.
5: You don't got no boss, and I got time for my kids. I start work like at 6 in the morning. I pick them up at 5 o'clock in the afternoon from school. So I got time to be home and help them with the homework.
0: Al upgraded his car a couple months ago and bought a 2017 Honda Pilot, which can go for about $40,000. It was a worthwhile investment because it can fit more passengers, which means more money.
5: Your car gotta
0: be 100%. Gas, insurance, and oil changes cost him around $1,200 a month. Other costs add up. There are regular inspections, vehicle registration, and he needs a special license to drive in the city.
5: It's, it's all about money.
0: Al brings home about $250 a day on average. That means he's making roughly $6,000 a month and $72,000 a year. He gets paid per ride and can make more when there's surge pricing, which happens during rush hour, over the holidays, or in bad weather.
5: So most I made in one day, I did like 540 around there. I had a few surge prices, at least five or six.
0: The more he drives, the more he earns, so he tries to stay busy all day. We check in on his earnings throughout the day. A 22-minute trip earns him $9.32. The app doesn't show how much the customer paid, just how much Al takes. Al also earns tips through the apps. He estimates that just 20% of passengers leave tips. Still,
1: every money house.
0: And some tips are more generous than others.
5: Three years ago, a guy, his ride was like $20. Uh-huh. And he gave me a $100 tip because it was Christmas.
0: Al's car is the equivalent of his office. He keeps it clean, comfortable, and fun. He's added a Super Nintendo. Oh my gosh, this is <laughs> a true throwback and makes an extra few hundred bucks from having trivia app Play Octopus. I'm trying to win some money in the backseat. And Cargo, which allows them to sell things like snacks and headphones to passengers.
5: We've got over 15,000 drivers uh, using Cargo today. The earnings are substantial. Uh, drivers really look at that, you know, one to $300 per
1: month as a way to pay down their fixed and variable costs.
0: We didn't take a break until 2 p.m.
5: We're going to my mother-in-law house. We live around here. I'm gonna go use the bathroom there.
0: We've been driving for about four hours, and we're just taking our first bathroom break, and we're gonna hit the road again. We didn't eat either, but Al typically eats on the road.
5: If I bring my food from the house, I just pull over anywhere and eat in the
1: car.
0: We drive for seven hours straight and hit nearly every borough in New York City, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and the Bronx. We complete 15 rides and pick up people from all walks of life. A mother and daughter visiting from North Carolina, a caterer delivering lunch in midtown Manhattan, and co-workers from a Brooklyn-based startup that makes dog food. And Al talks to all of them.
3: Yeah, <laughs> well, like, I
5: could see
0: the passengers can also be the toughest part of his job. That is, dealing with the ones with attitude.
5: If you get people rude like that, like you only go to be with them for 20 minutes. And then when you leave them, you get a by rating and you don't see them no more.
0: Al says you need three things to be a great rideshare driver. Number one, always have a phone charger in your car. Number two, you have to be patient. And number three, create a good vibe. <gasps> Bye. Thank you. a wild ride. That was great. Yumpling is one of the hottest food trucks in New York City. It's been serving up Taiwanese fare since it opened for business in 2017. Thanks for the test. This is Chris. He's one of the co-owners and his day starts early. Every other morning, he picks up the truck at 1 a.m., finds a parking spot in Manhattan or Brooklyn, and sleeps in the truck overnight.
1: Extra coat, extra scarf. I would just sleep like this.
0: To understand what it's really like to run a successful food truck in the culinary capital of America, I spent a full day with the Yumpling team. It's about 12.30am. Good morning. <laughs> Sorry. Good morning. It's a Tuesday, so we head towards Midtown Manhattan, where the truck parks on Tuesdays and Thursdays. The reason we're meeting in the middle of the night is because in this business, location is everything. Chris doesn't mind sacrificing sleep to guarantee a good parking spot, though. By the time we arrive, there's already one other food truck parked on the block.
1: So this is a prime spot, 1221 is our go-to location, so we want to be as close to the front as possible. Get a backup camera. Yep, it's very helpful, very good investment. This backup camera has helped us many, many times.
0: Immediately after parking, Chris turns on the generator. It powers everything, including the fridge and freezer where the food is stored. The way the regulations are set up in New York City, Chris can't just park the truck and leave it there. He has to be in it at all times, so he'll camp out overnight.
1: The trick is you have to tilt the wheel so the wide side faces up, and then you can stuff everything in here, and then that becomes portable pillow
0: and he can't sleep in the back of the truck either.
1: I'll see you guys in the morning. I'm gonna get a right. beauty sleep. I'll
0: give you yeah, a wave goodbye.
1: Goodbye. All Best right. Sleep. Goodbye.
0: I head home to get a few hours of sleep and meet back up with Chris for morning prep at seven. How was your uh, sleep last night? Did oh, it was, it was
1: good. I got, a, I got a more sleep than I usually get. I got five hours of
0: sleep. He and the rest of the team prepare salads, pre-fried chicken, cook rice, and label containers.
1: Sometimes it's a little tough because in the winter we don't have a heater in the truck, so it's it's pretty cold. In the summer it's pretty hot and we don't really have an AC, so, uh, but I guess it's just part of the process that you just have to get used to.
0: The window opens at 11.30 a.m., but customers start lining up for dumplings and fried chicken sandwiches as early as 11. The beef bowl is a crowd favorite.
3: Got here right before they opened. I think I was the third one in line, but I recognized five minutes
1: later down the street, so I'm glad I got here when I did.
3: Because I saw the long lines like basically like, every day, I passed this through, so I just want to try what, why this one is so different.
0: Nothing draws a crowd in New York City like a long line out of food truck. By 11.50, the beef bowl has already sold out.
1: Yeah, it is a running joke that it, it's a myth. Yeah, well, yeah. it doesn't exist. It does, it does exist, guys. <laughs> just, yeah.
0: Throughout the day, they'll accumulate parking tickets.
1: A lot of people will say, oh, you know, trucks are great because you don't pay rent. Uh, Well, you do in different ways. So like getting parking tickets daily is, is one of the ways that you end up paying. The tickets all, are all approximately the same price, so usually the cheapest ones we'll get are about $65, and the most expensive ones are uh, in the hundreds, and then you can get as many as two or three per day on a bad day. Sometimes, a lot of days, you don't get any.
0: Yumpling can serve up to 250 customers in just three hours. You
1: guys got anything left? We got chicken rice bowl. I'll take that. Perfect. Yeah, chicken rice bowl. Awesome.
0: <laughs> it's 2.30, they're about to close up shop. The only things they had left were dumplings and the chicken bowl, and they just sold out of both of those, so a uh,
3: successful day.
1: On a good day, we can go through approximately, I would say, 12 to 1,400 dumplings. In terms of number of covers, we'll do, I'd say like 200 to 250 covers in a three-hour window. Cover is like a, is one person ordering at the window. So it will include people who order multiple items. Yeah, that's still just one cover.
0: And so you've been awake for over 24 <sighs> hours. How are you feeling? Uh,
1: uh, I'm feeling good. Good, I always feel good. Uh, but I might crash in about a couple hours, but I feel good right now. Right now. <laughs> you look good. Chickens, wake you up, guys. The team will
0: head back to Long Island City around 3 p.m. to do a deep clean of the truck and then replenish it for the next day. At 6 p.m., after hours on the truck, their workday is finally done.
1: The whole food truck game is not just all happy and fun, just like any other job, any other startup. you know, There's a lot of work behind the scenes that people don't know. We pride ourselves on doing what we do because, you know, I think the biggest joy for us is to serve people what we enjoy doing. It's very satisfying and very rewarding. At the end of the day, I would say all aspects that are tough is not really that tough when we see people giving us compliments, giving us a good review. That makes everything worth it. Yeah, Chris lives on Yelp. If yeah. you guys want to give him a Yelp and yeah. he lives for it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: See what's going on over here on stage. What up, Ben? You doing? What a beautiful place, man! Wow. Yeah, Daddy. Morning. Getting some camera time. And we're gonna have a fucking big rock show going on in here. I mean, a uh, freaking. My name is Eric Hillman and I'm a guitar tech for the Rock Band 311. I run a bass rig for Peanut, bass player 311. I also run uh, Nick Hexum's Guitar World, lead singer. I run his sounds over here from uh, side stage so he can be free up there to uh, move around and not have to worry about stepping on all this or messing up his elbow or anything, you know? Oh yeah, man, let me see what you got. Guitarist, right this way, perfect. For me, wake up in the morning on a tour bus most of the time. Sometimes we'll fly into shows that'll be, you know, different. I wake up in a hotel or something, but I get out here to the stage and uh, catch cases. When my stuff comes up, I uh, take it out, take the lids off, and uh, set it all up for the day. It's my pedal board, man. Well, it's six pedal board, and uh, a little dusty. We didn't know you're coming over. Bunch of different sounds in here, and I'll switch them for them during the show. You know, it's the difference between a. <laughs> And a bunch of other different ones. I also run social media for the band and, and run uh, things on their Instagram pages. I have a whole tour page that we do here for the tour that I run exclusively usually, and uh, constantly pulling content for that. Yeah, I'm gonna use that sound. I'm gonna program that one right there. A4. Yeah, you bet it's gonna be A4 tonight for Philly. You ready for this, Philly? Man, I'm lucky. I sleep great on the buses. It's you know small quarters. They have these uh, bunks in the buses, which are pretty nice. We got a little TV, DVD, in there, whatever you want. DVD, like 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 who's watching DVDs, right? You Bring a little KCD. Fifteen years later, we're best buds, bus bros, even, and it's a blast. And then I've worked for Dirty Heads before. Pepper is is usually my go-to to blind with Rome. It's always stupid, and a lot of bands in this circuit, because you know yeah. we'll meet on tour. Their guy can't make it or something. They'll call me, you know. Hey, dude, what's up? I'm a guitarist, and I was a guitarist, performing guitarist. You know, uh, when I met these guys,
1: I had had this guitar tech for a few years. And right before the tour, he decides, I don't really want to tour anymore. I want to stay home with my girl. So I was completely in a panic. And our studio manager, Jason, was like, you should call Cousin Eric. He quickly emerged as one of the greatest, probably the best roadie we've had.
2: But I never knew this job existed until I had it. And then the first show of their 2007 run was when I joined. If you'd have told me that then, I would have I would have laughed and been like, you yeah, I right, dude. So we just stringing up this puppy, you know, putting new strings on every day for the freshy fresh. Slappy slap. It makes a big difference to have the the slappiness of it. it yeah, this is Nick's, Nick's main guitar here. A lot of these gigs pay very well. My first tour, I maybe came in at a beginner's rate and then was probably given a raise after my first year of completion. I you know make it up to five grand a week is not super unreal or unrealistic at all. it's one gig, I, I would say, that you can kind of almost live wherever you want. Because as long as there's an airport somewhat nearby, you can fly to your next gig, or at least to your next tour. I think we're pretty much ready to go get these dudes to do a sound check now, and it is right on time, 2.01. <laughs> everything that could go wrong in a day, you'd have to be here with me for a week. Something as simple as them losing a wheel on the way to the truck, tube could blow on an amplifier, a, a wireless frequency for a microphone could get interrupted or, or just completely drop, or if you're in a big city or around military bases, their, their wireless frequencies are totally jammed up. Microphones, drums, so many things run wirelessly that uh, people don't realize that the simple interruption of a signal could be a dropout in the show and people go, hey, that drum's not working. Well, it's working. It's just you don't hear it because the microphone's not working. So it's all about just diagnosing it quickly and fixing it so you get back to the show. This is my workbox. Everything from rechargeable batteries and Q-tips and stamps in case I want to send a postcard home and guitar strap locks and uh, guitar wire fuses and match
3: screws and guitar picks and, and earbuds and writers and all kinds of...
2: That's it. The hardest part, easily, has nothing to do with stage or any of these people that you see here in the room, it's being away from people you love, uh, being away from your family. It never gets easier, actually, it's harder. Hi, Daddy. Hi, babe, what are you doing? Where are you at? I'm at work. Man, I send postcards at home all the time. Kind of old school, but people at home appreciate the, the mailbox love.
1: Oh,
2: bye-bye,
4: buddy. Y'all right. good, y'all good. Get it. Get it. Get it.
2: One of the most important parts of my gig. My bass player is so easy, I don't, he doesn't have to be doing too much during the show, but fresh beer is a must. doing, I'm pretty much on the same ear mix as the singer, listening to the same parts of the song, listening to the cues, to vocals, different parts. Okay, here comes the guitar solo, button, button. I'm always looking at the set list, looking at a chart, looking at notes. Or if it's an older song that I happen to love, I'm not doing any of that. I'm bobbing my head going, oh, here comes my part. Here comes my part. It's right now.
1: There's the unspoken thing, which is having a good attitude and being a pleasant person to be around. If somebody starts to get an attitude, we might call them like a white-glove roadie, like, oh, I'm not gonna do that. Cousin Eric is the opposite. Imagine I just
2: love being around music and being around rock and roll, vibe. Now I got a gig where I, that's what I do, you know what I mean? So it's, it's harder to get tired of than rather like, you know, I used to work in a movie theater sweeping popcorn, it's easy to get tired of that. Hard to get tired of going, all right. Hey, that sounds freaking great. That's exactly how I wanted it to sound too. It's definitely a dream job. It's a job I didn't know was a real thing, uh, but after living it and experiencing it, yeah, it's definitely a dream job. On to the next one. Hey guys, time to pack it all up and do it all over again tomorrow.
3: When I, out of the blue, just tap someone on the shoulder and say, "Hey, you're super cute. I'm a matchmaker. Are you single?" They think they're on a TV show. You're so cute. So, yeah. Are you single? Yes. <gasps> you are? Oh my god. Back this years. country as a whole, our society as a whole, is incredibly, incredibly frustrated with dating. I had somebody call me a fairy godmother once. They said, oh my gosh, you're my fairy godmother. <laughs> I'm fast, but not that fast in heels. Hi, I'm Elisa Perifico Morell, and I am a senior matchmaker with 3 and I don't go into an office every day. I don't have a nine to five job. A lot of what I do, is meeting people after their work day or on their lunch break or during happy hours. I work a lot of nights. Hello, beautiful. How are you? A lot of the times I meet people at their offices or at a coffee shop or at a wine bar. You could combine a a therapist with a wing woman, with your best friend, with some sort of a recruiter agent. That's essentially what a matchmaker does. It's an interesting time in the society where, even maybe ten years ago, A man might approach a woman on the street and say hello or do a little pickup line or something kind of fun, again like you see in romantic comedies, but nowadays it's a different tone. It's um, not very common that people will approach someone out of the blue, in fact their heads are probably in their cell phones. People are becoming more and more frustrated with finding people organically. I usually have a couple of match meetings lined up for the afternoon or into the early evening. And on the way to those meetings, I might bump into somebody in the subway or out in the street. If I see someone that is a potential physical match for one of my clients, it's my job to, to just go see if they're even single or available. Oh, he's cute. Um, have I seen you here before? I've watched you several times and I'm like, he is crazy cute and he's so good at what he does. And anyway, oh my God. Are you single by chance? Yeah. You are? Oh my god. I set up people for a living. If you're single, I would love to set you up with one of my clients. Like, you're exactly her type. I've chased someone down the street before. (laughs) I can't keep up with... I can't... (laughs) Fail. I'm fast, but not that fast in heels. Actually, I've done that a couple times, admittedly, so I'm I'm quite good at running in heels. See that? That's uh, me wearing down my heel from running around town so much. Gotta catch him. In New York, especially, one of my favorite places to pick up people is in the subway because there's no better place than to sit across from somebody for potentially two and a half, three minutes where you're staring at somebody in the eyes. Yeah, I built bars. it's a design. You built and designed bars? Yeah. That's amazing. Are you single? No. You're not? Of course not, because you're a babe. You're savvy. No, you're that savvy. You're, you're savvy, aren't you? Like, say, Zara, I was like, that girl knows what's yeah, up. Yeah. I don't know if you're single, but I'm a dating scout. If you're single and you're super cute, I have a lot cute. So the beauty about being a matchmaker is asking the top questions for my clients when they can For example, if I'm my client is looking for somebody who you know wants to wait for sex in a relationship and they don't want to have sex before the relationship if I'm sitting down with a match potentially for that client it's important for me to kind of dig for those questions So when you say good intimacy does that mean you um, you understood each other well sexually or were you like, you were able to explore things, and in conjunction, how does that correlate to what you're looking for in a partner? They don't have to know necessarily what my client is looking for. I just need to know what they're looking for, so I can bridge the gap behind the scenes. So he wants—he definitely wants marriage. He definitely wants a wife. Um, when I chat with him about age range, he was—he caveat—he was open from thirty to up to his age, which is amazing. Oh, wow. He does want kids, though. Type-wise, he was kind of describing like. Caucasian, dark-haired type. The hardest part about my job is having tough conversations with people um, when they really start to tap into the inner crevices of their soul and their insecurities and their vulnerabilities. You know, it's scary for them and it gets sad for them. They know they have to have these tough conversations in order to get where they want to go in their love lives. Tonight, I'm going to a networking mixer for an opening of a new startup in Uptown. So I do a lot of work at nighttime. I have a lot of clients in the startup tech space, so they really jive with like-minded startup folks. Mm. Black coffee at 4.30 in the afternoon. Just getting the day started. Heels and coffee, baby. That's the name of the game.
1: If you're loving this episode, please leave a review and comments down below.
5: Dogs, they make the day better. They make everything exciting and just help you really appreciate every little moment of life. New York City is an extremely diverse city and New Yorkers will argue almost anything morning, noon, and night. But the one thing we can all agree on is we all love dogs. From coast to coast, it's the mobile dog groomer you love the most. It's Laura Jane. Welcome to Hair of the Dog Mobile Pet Spa. My name is Laura Jane Massaro. I'm owner operator of Hair of the Dog Mobile Pet Spa here in New York, New York. There are a lot of mobile groomers. As far as I know, I am the only one operating Monday through Friday in New York City. I have been in this industry for 20 years. Every time I see a dog, I turn into a five year old. It's like, I see you, friends. Being a dog groomer in New York City is something super, super special. My staff is incredible. I have such great people.
1: Hair of the dog, oh my gosh, it is, we honestly are just like a big family.
2: And it's just fun to do like it doesn't even feel like work.
0: It's just really a cool, like weird, obsessive thing, but it's just great. I couldn't imagine doing anything else. It doesn't feel like I go to work every day. I, I sound like like I I don't know. I feel like wow, I'm really obsessed with my job. <laughs> Almost all of them leave like a totally different dog. Like they're so happy. They love having their picture taken. It's just really cool. <laughs>
5: I put so much money into what I do. I have scissors that are hundreds and hundreds of dollars. We have our blades, we have sprays and combs and conditioning sprays. and We customize all of our treatments, shampoos, conditioners, individually to every dog type. So we get to turn into like little mad scientists. Continuing education, I probably spend about $10,000 annually per employee. It costs $30,000 a month just to own and operate Hair of the Dog mobile pet spa. It's expensive to do business in New York City. I pretty much right from the jump wanted to open up my own business. And I just wanted to wait until the time was right. In 2015, I was able to launch Hair of the Dog. I built Hair of the Dog with a mountain of debt for like the first year it was just a hundred percent of everything I earned went back into the company everything every single penny nickel and dime just went back into the company so I could pay off the magnitude of debt so after we got through the first year we plowed through it all and when it was time we did it again and at least the second time of going through the financing it was easy breezy lemon squeezy but it was a stressful time Mommy! Wow. Since I've gotten mobile, it really just doesn't stop.
0: Luffy, look, we're at Laura.
4: She's the best groomer in New York.
5: Oh. It blows my mind that it doesn't stop. Phone is constantly ringing. If you're one of the people that, that wants something, that you are just the happiest little dog. Hi everybody. Hi. here for a minute. You can come me for a minute. Can you have a treat? Yeah, you want a treat? We basically have everything on a route. We have some clients that are seniors, disabled, so we're able to just go there, pick up the dog, coordinate with a dog walker or doorman or a family member or a neighbor, pick up our pups and groom them and send them back home. 2019 figures with two trucks running and three stylists, uh, we're doing about $350,000 annually. When there was more money to invest in other things, I I reinvested in the company, and I expanded. So I bought another truck, which was approximately $150,000 to get another truck. I pay myself $72,000 a year annually, and I just don't need or want more. Ever since I started off in this industry, he's another one. he's so cute. That's my bad, I knew I was gonna see him, and I was gonna see her, and I was gonna be like, "Ah!" I really was like, she's so cute. Oh my goodness, hi, Bubby. If I just reinvest in my company and my brand and what I want to do, then I can have what I earned with my hands and my staff helped me earn with, with our hands and invest it into something else amazing for the city. We might do a storefront someday, we might do a daycare someday. Every year we pick a project and we go ahead and we do it.
4: There's a lot of spoiled cats here in New York City with dedicated cat sitters hustling for some extra cash. There's even an elite team of cat sitters who call themselves the cat whisperers. They're hiring so I found out just what it takes to become one. I'm here with Jacqueline Rivera. She's the CEO of Pawfic Day, and she is the OG cat whisperer. Cats believe that they should be on a pedestal, uh, and we are there to serve them, and we are. We we are pretty much their servants. With an attitude to serve, I followed a professional cat whisperer to visit three different cats on the Upper East Side. Pawfic Day cat whispers make $17.50 an hour. Here's what happened. Whiskey. So when you act like you don't care, all of a sudden they're just like, wait, I'm not the star of the show. (laughs) I like to just come in, start fixing their food,
0: and I don't even address them. And then they come to you. All right, that's the one. Full page, with description of how they want to be fed. She even has pictures. Sometimes... They won't like the kibble, and we want to make sure that we're doing it the way they like it. Maybe we didn't serve it to their liking. Oh, that was supposed to go in the glass bowl. Seven steps to clean the litter box. If they want to watch a certain channel, then we will change the channel for them. Sometimes they like watching the Discovery Channel, or or they want a different music station.
4: Wow, look at that. Get your phone always ready for a good shot. For the perfect shot, for the perfect update to send (laughs) to their owner.
0: You do have to be pet CPR and first aid certified to work with us.
4: I have no idea how that works. (laughs) Would you be able to show us? Their heartbeat is much quicker
0: than a human. So you would do double, you know, like about 100 or more uh, per minute. And if it's hard to remember that, you can go with a song BG Staying Alive. Staying Alive.
4: Staying Alive.
0: I just always assume that I'm being watched. When I first came in, I thought maybe this could have been a camera. So anything that
4: looks like that, anything that's like circular like that, I, I just assume that it's watching me. It turns out the hardest part about cat whispering isn't dealing with spoiled cats. It's actually getting to them. There's a cab. Should, should we catch a cab? No, actually. It never makes financial sense to take, to use the money that you
0: just made, cat sitting, to use a cab for the next cat sit. Because for that, you should have just never went
4: to the cat sit. We walked two and a half miles between visits, which took an additional hour of our time. Because commuting between cats can take a bunch of extra time, I give part-time cat whispering $2 signs. Well, I wouldn't recommend traveling across town for just one cat, it's perfect when you have time to kill and it's convenient. I started
0: doing it because when I was dog sitting, I'd have these little awkward amounts of time in between that would say, hey, I mean, if I just go back home, I just have to come back out anyway. So how would
4: I make some extra money in between dog walking? And what do you think sets you apart from other candidates? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just my true, sincere belief that we as humans are placed on this earth to serve cats. She's not impressed.
0: I'm a pro at ordering it. Food, that is. But ordering pot? Well, that's something I've only seen in movies like Pineapple Express. Creating
2: a trifecta
5: of joint smoking power.
0: You're a pot dealer. And shows like High Maintenance. What's that like?
5: Uh, I just kinda bike around and uh, people call me and and then I bring them
2: weed. When
0: it comes to marijuana, I'm a huge rookie. you You have a grinder? I
1: have
0: many. Could you use like a Queenslander? Uh, You (laughs) could. But now that it's legal in states like California, weed is big business. And as a money reporter for CNBC Make It, I love learning about interesting jobs and how people earn their money. Hi, Ken. Today's job? Let's go deliver some weed. This is Ken. He works with Speedweed, a delivery service like Seamless or Postmates, but for weed. Our first stop of the day, we head to the shop to pick up a couple orders. All right, hand package. With our two orders packed, we're off to make the deliveries. How many deliveries can you make in a six hour shift?
2: Tops, three or four an hour. That's pretty good. Maybe, you know, that'd be that'd be really jamming, and you'd be lucky.
0: Speedweed has some high-profile customers.
1: Hey, how are you, Brian? How are you doing, yes?
0: Since they're based in Hollywood, they've got some actors who are regulars. And today, we're delivering to a couple comedians. What'd you get?
1: Oh, I got some cannabis-infused dark chocolate. Uh, I got some half-and-half. Of course, my favorite, a lot of pre-rolls. Big order. (laughs) Thank you, Brian. Thank Thank you very much, man.
0: so weekend evenings are the most lucrative.
1: Yeah, just volume. People order weed when they're sitting around with nothing to do.
0: But as a driver, you don't know who you're going to be delivering to, right? Right. So you could be delivering to a famous comedian, and right? Not, and not know it. Hey, what's up, hey man? what's up,
1: man? How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. I mean, yeah. we got like T H C sex lube, okay? Which oh, I didn't know there's any, there's any in there. Yeah, that's amazing. One time we got CBD macaroons unbelievable. But just, go side to side. Like, I just try to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I was I just, told
0: that it's uh, yeah. kid-proof. It's child-proof, <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Delivering weed can be a great gateway into the cannabis industry, if you have the patience to deal with L.A. traffic. And it turns out I'd be a good candidate for the job. I'm over 21, have a valid driver's license, and like interacting with people. Thanks, nice Adam. To nice to meet you. Have Thank, you. Thank you. Yeah,
2: Thank you very yeah much.
0: take care. Now, I just need to move to Cali.
2: The great thing about this job is you're always bringing happiness.